Let's go to the movies. Welcome to episode 13, which is also the final episode of season two of my podcast. And on today's episode, I'm just going to do a recap of the Oscars ceremony, which was this past Sunday. Going to just talk about some of the surprises with some of the results, how I did on my ballot, and just some general reactions to the show this year. We're going to jump right in. So first up today, I'm going to just discuss some of my reactions and surprises to the results. Um, So just to inform everybody, my ballot only got 11 correct this year, so less than half. Um, The person in our very small watch party that we did, because we had to do kind of a modified Oscars viewing this year, just due to everything going on. But we had about five people watching, and the winner got 17 correct. So that is props to them for actually being really in tune with this award season. Ironically enough, I watch every movie, and I still can't manage to get most of them right. But a lot of that is because I think I let my personal opinion sway my choices instead of kind of going really full force with who I know for sure might win. But either way, it's still a fun time. Uh, I didn't have too many surprises. This year in general kind of made sense. A lot of my misses are the documentary and short categories, which I don't always manage to get around to watching. So that's usually where I get kind of gutted. My main surprises obviously were the lead acting categories, Chadwick Boseman and that whole debacle, which I'll talk about in just a little bit. And then Best Actress, only because that category had been very all over the place throughout this award season. Pretty sure at every single show this year, somebody different has won it. So it was kind of a toss-up. And then I ended up just going with my wishful thinking pick of Carrie Mulligan. Clearly, she did not win. And Frances McDormand took home that prize. Which, interestingly enough, though, makes her the second most winning... Oscars for lead actress along with Katherine Hepburn. So cool stats from that perspective. In my opinion, kind of a toss-up if she was as strong as some of the other ones just because that role just felt like her being her. Um, so kind of an interesting pick, I would think. And again, we'll discuss kind of the debacle behind announcing Best Actor, but of course, Anthony Hopkins did win that award, and I was surprised just given the context of who else was in the category, but in general, I did think he was very deserving of that award because I watched The Father and was very blown away by his performance and kind of had a passing thought of, oh, wow, he should win. He probably won't win because it's such a strong category, probably just going to get overshadowed. But on that note, too, there is a, he beat a record. He is now the oldest person to ever win that category uh, at age of 82. So that's pretty cool for him. And surprisingly enough, as notable of an actor as he is, he actually hasn't won since Silence of the Lambs in 1992. So this has been a long time for him to get back on that level just in, return, in regards to actually winning So, you know, that's going to be a little overshadowed just by the nature of that category. But that is kind of an interesting fact that I was able to pull. 
as a result of looking things up about it. Uh, original screenplay surprised me only because I always assume Aaron Sorkin is a shoe-in, so I picked that. I was pleasantly surprised by the result, which was Promising Young Woman, because I really did want that movie to be acknowledged in some capacity. And it's kind of uh, like extra awesome that they won because the director actually wrote the screenplay as well. So she was kind of able to get that acknowledgement and kind of revel in having an award since it was all kind of her in all of those roles. Uh, Sound of Metal winning for best film editing kind of surprised me just because I thought that some of the other movies utilized their editing style just a little bit more impactful to the story. That one, again, is just like a technical opinion, I think. Uh, But they won for best sound, which of course makes the absolute most sense. So maybe just with the fact that the sound and the editing go so hand in hand, I'm sure that that's probably how that plays out. And then Best Cinematography also kind of surprised me just because, again, that one is such a strong category. And again, I guess it's just another technical opinion there. Um, I believe Mank won that one, and I had picked Nomadland. And I was assuming that some of the other ones would have won before either of those two, honestly. So that one was a little surprising. But in general, I did expect most of the rest of the results. Nothing too shocking. Uh, And just kind of cool to see everybody get their acknowledgments. So that is the ballot results. And now I'm going to kind of just discuss some of my overall reactions to the show itself. So I usually try to take a more positive approach, if you can't tell, to all the things I review, just because I feel like there's a lot of negativity in general surrounding film with all the critics and all of that. And a lot of negativity sways how you see a movie. And I don't appreciate when you are swayed with negative thoughts before you even watch something. So I usually try to take a stance of looking for something positive or something that you're able to pull from it. And I hope that that's become apparent. But I did want to kind of clarify that in case that wasn't. And so that's the approach that I'm taking in talking about this year's show because I don't like to be mean and I want to give things a chance and look for the good and stuff. And so in general, overall, I did enjoy the show. I think that they had a clear vision of what they were trying to accomplish. And I think that they did embrace the circumstances of the pandemic and all those health protocols in a really good way that it didn't seem too in your face like for example the emmys seemed a little in your face when they had the people in the hazmat suits handing awards to people like we get it it's a pandemic but that was a little much and then on the flip side you had stuff like the globes and where there was just a lot of zoom calls so that was also just a big reminder of like oh yeah nobody's in person so i did appreciate that they tried to be a little different They had these different sets. It was kind of outdoors most of the time. It made it feel fresh. And just kind of see how they can theme an area that's not the normal theater. Also did like the live shots that they had at different locations overseas. Those live shots were fantastic. Very clear. So even though it was remote, you didn't have that Zoom feeling. And nobody made a joke about Zoom or any kind of work from home nonsense. 
So that was kind of a nice change of pace, I thought, too. Just in regards to all the other award shows this year. Obviously, it was fantastic to see everyone all dressed up. Some killer dresses this year. And that is obviously something that's been lacking at all of the other shows. Because people did dress up, but it was kind of like if you didn't follow them on Instagram, you didn't really get to see what they were wearing. So it was really awesome to be able to like just enjoy the pageantry and the outfits and some knockout dresses. Carrie Mulligan and Amanda Seyfried, probably the, my top two. Just those dresses were killer. Um, I thought that having no host for the third time was actually solid. I'm kind of coming under the impression that they don't need a host ever as long as someone paces out the show and makes sure that there's someone presenting or announcing something at the appropriate time. Uh, The host, honestly, is usually awkward or has awkward things that they say that they don't deliver very well. So from that perspective, I think that was totally fine. And it kind of fit the vibe of this year even more so. Leading up to the show, there was a lot of talk about how this was going to be stylized as, as a film. With, and literally the only thing I heard in regards to that was that there was going to be a lot of over-the-shoulder shots. And I was like, okay, but what else about it is going to make it seem like a film? And really, there wasn't much else except for the way it looked on your TV. I don't think that that was really necessary. I think maybe the film style could have been cool in just some some moments. The initial opening scene with Regina King walking in made perfect sense. They could have maybe even done it when they were having people announce the nominees or describing the roles or the films. But overall, I'm, I'm not really sure it added much to it. Uh, whenever an over-the-shoulder shot happened, we were all like, oh, that's an over-the-shoulder shot. But it really just seemed awkward. Didn't really seem like it made much of a difference to see like Glenn Close looking over and reacting to somebody being nominated. It I don't know. It was kind of weird. A little jerky at times. Um, I'm not sure if I would care if that ever really happened again. But on that note, I did all, like as I mentioned the if it made sense with how they were announcing people, I think that might've worked because they did kind of announce the nominees a little differently. They didn't just say like Daniel Kaluuya, Judas and the Black Messiah. They kind of explained what was great about their role and like what they appreciated about their acting job or, you know, whatever the category was. So it kind of brought a little bit of appreciation and gratitude between whoever was presenting and whoever was nominated and kind of gave you a chance to acknowledge why they were even in that category. So I did appreciate that aspect. Uh, having Questlove DJ was really fun because some of that music was pretty cool. Kind of gives you more of an upbeat vibe. Not so stiff and not so formal. But they did have the music performances all performed before the show during the red carpet pre-show. Which was different. And uh, was a little weird because usually... You hear those throughout the show. It kind of gives you an idea of what's nominated. But at the same time, it did cut down a lot of time that they would have spent to do those performances, which did give people a longer time to give their speeches. And I imagine they probably did that just to give them some of that extra wiggle room since there was people in all different locations and stuff. And I I imagine they just wanted a little bit of a cushion there. And I am assuming also maybe they couldn't figure out logistically how to get all those performances happening live 
in those small areas that they are working with. So now I'm going to move into kind of more of the, I guess, quote unquote, awkward, not really did so well parts of the show. In Memoriam was one of them. It was kind of an awkward pace. They had this kind of more upbeat type of song. Not upbeat in the sense that it was like a happy song, but it literally had more of an upbeat <laughs> that was quicker. And for whatever reason, they decided they needed to pace the title cards of like the names of who passed away with the beat of the music. So it was really fast. It was like name, 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 name. And you were trying to actually read it and kind of acknowledge who the people were and where they worked. And you kind of lost all of that because it was just so fast. You were trying to like keep up with it. And there were some jokes going around online that people just accidentally bumped up the speed or they set it to podcast speed settings. Like it was a little messy. Uh, I appreciate what they were trying to do and timing it with the music, but they needed to have the foresight to have a little bit of a slower beat if they were going to do that. There's also always the conversation after the fact of who was left out and why were they left out. Two of the notable ones that I know I read about and saw were Anaya Rivera and Jessica Walter. Now, I don't know how it works. I don't know if you have to be part of the film academy or you just have to be part of the industry, but I'm not sure if those two were part of the film academy. Maybe they were just part of the television academy. I'm not an expert on all of that. I also know the Oscars always says that there's always a lot of submissions each year and they have to cut out people for time and all that. But when someone is such a notable face and had such an impact to the culture and the communities when they pass away, it does seem a little untasteful to not include them in some capacity. So that was a little weird in general. Kind of messy. I don't know. Those are always tricky segments and it seems like there's always someone that's complaining about something with them. It does seem a little hard to land, but at the same time, you, it's been, what, 93 years of this show? They should have had some kind of form, formula or like a way to get this down by now. Uh, best Picture being announced third to last was weird. Um, one of my friends texted me and was like, it's already Best Picture. Like, did I miss something? Did my, my, my feed get messed up or something? So that was a little disorienting. I don't really care for that because I think uh, you should just end it on a high note, end it with the best picture. And we could tell something fishy was going on because then the next awards, which were supposed to be best actor, best actress, usually the opposite person who won last year will announce. So best actress of last year will usually give out best actor for this year. So when best actress from last year came out, they said they were going to announce the best actress from this year. So we were like, okay. We really don't know what's going on now. And then someone was like, oh, you know what? They're probably setting it up so when Chadwick Boseman wins, they can have this big tribute to him. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay, that actually makes sense. And everyone expected he would win, so it really did make sense. Uh, I did think, though, like it was kind of weird only because that is kind of almost like making it seem like the Academy is confident that he's going to win, which kind of defeats the point that it's an award show where nobody knows the results until they're announced. So from that perspective, I was like, okay, this is kind of just weird to almost like make it seem like this is rigged in a way. Uh, And, you know, if you watched it, 
That's exactly what happened. Chadwick Boseman did not win. So not only did they screw up the order, kind of making it feel weird in the first place, that didn't happen. So then Anthony Hopkins won, who was not there because it's like 4 a.m. in London or wherever he was at. So, and he's like a very old man, so why would he stay awake thinking he wasn't going to (laughs) win? And so then it just kind of ended on that note, and it was super lackluster, super anticlimactic. Like, it was just not a good ending. And I honestly, in thinking about it, feel like if they would have just stuck to their normal, excuse me, their normal formula, best actress, best actor, best picture, then it wouldn't have been as huge of a weird ending because there would have at least been another category to focus on. Best picture, of course. And uh, if they were like that determined to have a Chadwick Boseman tribute, they should have just had a Chadwick Boseman tribute at some point in the show. I don't think they needed to hope and bank on him winning his category for that to happen because I think enough people would have understood why they were doing the tribute for it to make sense. It wouldn't have been like, oh, I can't believe they're having this tribute. I feel like it would have been completely understandable. Like that was a very impactful passing of somebody in film this past year. And so that's just how I probably would have handled that. I think going all in and putting their chips on him winning to end the show was super risky and clearly it did not pay off and it just kind of made people upset and it had that same feeling of like the La La Land moonlight ending where you're just kind of like okay like I guess we'll just turn the TV off now like you don't really know what to do or how to handle the information you've been given there so yeah very 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 sloppy ending um a lot of outrage online about it too but there were a lot of things that came out in the past few days, uh, like Anthony Hopkins posted a video, you know, acknowledging Chadwick and his performance and just being like, I genuinely did not expect to win this. And, you know, Chadwick was equally as deserving. And then Bozeman's family also posted some things just kind of saying like, they're not upset because just, just being nominated is an honor. And Chadwick Bozeman wasn't all about trying to get awards anyway. And so they weren't really, like, torn up because they were, like, he was acknowledged because of the fact that he was at least nominated. Like, he didn't technically have to win to have that acknowledgement. So really, it just seems like people were expecting a tribute. And the tribute part was obviously what was lacking. So clearly, they learned their lesson on that one. And if, you know, something like that happens moving forward with somebody passing away who is quite notable. I'm sure they will treat it a little more gently and um, a little more appropriately. Uh, But yeah, so I think overall, those are my main talking points from this past year's show, or I guess this recent year's show. It technically is in the past, but it's still very recent. Hopefully, if you watched it, you enjoyed it. Hopefully, if you didn't watch it, you were able to catch up on some good highlights. Um, There were some really good speeches this year some great reactions to the winning, like to the people who won in their categories and kind of just a nice to have something that is tradition to kind of wrap up this year and kind of just put a closing end note on this 
weird year of movie releasing. I I don't know how it's going to go moving forward because things are still very slow to get put out in theaters and things getting delayed. So we'll just have to kind of see how things unfold, see if any precedents are set now for the rules of does it have to be put into a theater to be nominated? Can it just be put on streaming to be nominated? So we're going to have to just see how that works. That was always a very fine line that was being crossed. We'll just have to see if it keeps getting crossed or if they try to move it back. Just kind of see what the new phase and new precedent is moving forward. I am not sure just yet when I'm going to start up with another episode, which will be technically the start of a new season. Probably just going to have to see how movies start to unfold this year, and we'll just kind of go from there. I might jump on with a random older movie review or something of that nature. So just stay tuned. If you are subscribed, you'll get alerted. And if you are subscribed, I also do appreciate that because I know that this podcast does not have too many listeners, so I do appreciate the ones that it does have. This is more of just kind of a hobby side project. I'm not super invested in trying to get tons of viewers or listeners or whatever. It's just something I like to do for myself. And if I'm able to share that with a few people, then that's kind of cool too. So I do appreciate you and I hope you will stick around for season three. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode and join me as we go to the movies. Thank you.